what I left out in my description, which I think I've referenced on the podcast before, is one of the things that scares me the most is just not understanding what a person is doing and why. No, <laughs> yeah, plot holes scare me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 551 with a review of us. I'm Christopher Schneitzi. And I'm Stephen Miller. And for joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, we are gathering here to talk about uh, us. It's just the two of us right mm-hmm. now in the studio. There isn't another copy of us um, scaring the shit out of us hanging out in the studio. But I do have a question um, for you, Stephen. Yep. Uh, Two-part question. First part, have you already ordered your red jumpsuit for Halloween <laughs> and your scissors? Because uh, I assume there's going to be lots of people walking around this Halloween. Not not yet, though I'm a twin, so it would be extra funny to do that. Oh, dude, oh, dude you guys could do it. That yeah. would be pretty funny. Not identical, but I think the meta joke would still work. It would, yeah, I think it would be close enough. Yeah. Um, and the second part of the question is... Uh, you were definitely uh, getting prepared and maybe a little worked up to go in and see this film. Yep. Um, you saw this on Saturday? Sunday, Sunday? Okay. at noon. So the real question is, last night, it's mm-hmm. now Monday, did you have nightmares? I did not. Okay. No, I didn't have nightmares. When you were going to sleep, were you scared that you might have nightmares? I wasn't, actually. Like, tonight I even watched another movie alone in the living room with all the lights off, and I wasn't scared. So... They, I don't. I don't know if I'm just getting more attuned to the horror genre. <laughs> You're finally woken up to or, it. Or if with these kind of movies, I prepare myself long enough that I become kind of immune to the idea of being scared by them. I don't know what it is, but I I was fine after this movie. I was completely fine. It could also be that you're more scared of the idea of being scared yeah. than actually scared. Yeah, I think so a, like, a former president said that one. <laughs> so <laughs> this is nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, pretty soon here, I think, um, we're going to get to the point where like a new horror film is going to come out and I'm going to be like, eh, it looks okay. Like we got to see it. I need my fix. (laughs) I mean, we're definitely going to see the Nightingale like in a few weeks. So I know I'm going to get more horror in me. Maybe I'm okay with it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe it's like spicy food. Like if you're used to it and it doesn't hurt anymore, you're like, (laughs) why would anyone not want this? This is great. Sometimes if you're used to it, it still hurts though. And Mm. you still go back for more. Yeah. That's what I've learned with spicy foods. (laughs) But does horror do that for you? Like, do you get scared anymore with horror movies? I, 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 so I, I like to think of myself as an empathetic person. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I see people in peril, I get like, um, What's it called? Like sense, like uh, empathy. What? Yeah, sure. <laughs> There's another word for it where you get. Uh, it's yeah. like sympathy pains, but for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, emotional terror. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. You like, put yourself in their shoes. And yeah, like feel. I, I enjoy like my high. <laughs> this is how much drugs I do. My high is like when I get goosebumps over my whole body. I'm like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So was Goosebumps your favorite film of the last few years? <laughs> you know what? I didn't see the Goosebumps film. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just very, very scared to see it because I I read the Goosebumps book. Not all of them because there was like 7,000 of them. Um, but I did read a number of the Goosebumps books when I was a child. And uh, I just didn't want to see the movie. So I think I'm realizing there is a type of horror that scares me and it's the kind that is like very jump scare heavy. I don't 
I don't do well with jump scares. Like, I never learn how to not be on edge when they're happening. Yeah. And after enough of them, I just feel, like, exhausted afterwards. And and also, they're things that feel occult, like like the curse of La Lorena. 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 <laughs> yeah. La Lorena. Yeah. I, I do not want to see that movie. Yeah. Like, those hands coming out of the bathtub, that alone, I just never want to see that again. <laughs> Rinsing! Or uh, Pet Cemetery. also. It looks like I, I kind of want to see Pet Cemetery. Well, it, it looks like a well done riff on Stephen King. I just like don't, I don't want to put myself through that. Yeah, and and it's because there's something about like the dead, creepy crawly. There's something about like creepy crawly things happening while you're asleep that I yeah. really, really, really don't like. I I like the so so I you know I've at this point I've seen like that trailer before every single thing that I see right. in theaters yeah, it now. Drives me fucking crazy, and uh, it drives me fucking crazy too. But I'm really just I'm just into what Jason Clark is doing in that trailer. He is fucking acting the shit out of that. Like just that like I made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Everyone else make up for the fact that I have a zombie daughter now. <laughs> Everybody pretend like everything's normal. Just whatever he's doing in in the trailer makes me so excited to see this film. When is the last movie you saw where Jason Clark didn't make a big mistake <laughs> in a movie he was in? I feel like that's kind of his MO now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that that's that's pretty much his thing. <laughs> oh no, uh, he didn't really make that a big mistake in uh, Zero Dark Thirty, right? Uh, I guess it depends how you <laughs> ethically how you feel about. <laughs> I mean, War. to the to the end, just to put it the means <laughs> we got him right. <laughs> Spoilers for Zero Dark Thirty. I guess he was living his best life in Serenity. Other people didn't agree, but yeah, true. <laughs> Um, he got, he got the fish that you yeah. wanted. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> now that I've completely lost track of what we were talking about, should we get into a review of us? Sure. All right. So we are going to take a listen to the trailer for us and then we're going to come back and give you guys that review. To take the out of the bag. Classic right there. What does I got five on it mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs, it's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. Did you hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? Jason? Jason! Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scare of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Us. They look exactly like us. 
They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. And we kill them. So that was the trailer for us. It is about a family who decides to take a little summer trip to their summer home, I guess. And uh, they head out to this beach and uh, things are starting to be weird. Like little coincidences are happening. Um, A member of the family is starting to get creeped out. And that night when they return to their home, they are uh, greeted (laughs) outside by themselves. Um, Us comes to visit. (laughs) Mm. And uh, this is the story about these people who have encountered some strange copy of themselves who wants to kill them. <laughs> and this is about how they deal with that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, and I think so there are, I would say in this film, there are some things that get revealed later. There's a small thing and then another thing. Um, so I think that it, it would at least behoove us to have like a short yeah, we need a, we need a spoiler conversation at the end. Yeah. Um, so for now, let's go ahead and talk spoiler free. Stephen Miller, what did you think of us? Uh, I liked it better when it was called Enemy. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> um, did you see it at Draft House? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I liked us. Um, I did not think it was very scary. I kind of alluded to I, that. I like us too, Stephen. <laughs> I love us. <laughs> um, I, I didn't think it was very scary. I kind of alluded to that before. But I did think it was a fun movie. It reminded me more like in the vein of how I felt watching the new Fright Night movie or The Visit, which I had a lot of fun with. Maybe a little bit Happy Death Day. Like This is a movie that I do not think it was trying to be relentlessly gruesome or terrifying or anything. This is a movie that like leans hard on the comedic bits of uplift like every few minutes. Um, and I think it worked for what Jordan Peele was trying to do. I think if you go in expecting anything like Get Out, you will not be happy with this because if there is a message here, like I can strain and come up with one, but I do not think like this is trying to say something primarily. Um, no. <laughs> maybe there's like, in, in the way all horror is kind of commenting on stuff, like there are themes obviously that come up at the beginning of the movie that quote pay off by the end that you could... Th- you, they could vaguely mean things in like a dream logic-y way, but th- there, there is no literal metaphor here in the way that Us was, or Get Out was a literal metaphor. <laughs> um, this is a movie that's kind of what you see is what you get. And if I can criticize it, I would say it's that the trailer gives away too much of what makes this movie extra creepy. Like, I think the trailer is much, much, much scarier than the movie is. Um, and I think it is is because the the trailer sparsely shows you all these terrifying elements without needing to pad them out and us kind of like scream or something like it it shows you the terror in broad daylight for long periods of time so like you kind of become immune to the horror of the visuals and it starts to become a like how are they going to get out of this situation um part of that is i think 
I, I really like the main cast. I think the family is all great in this movie, and the uh, the doppelgangers or twins that they play are all sufficiently creepy. Uh, Lupita is obviously awesome, uh, but I really, really like the older daughter and her doppelganger, the person who's smiling all the time. Yeah. I think that is, that's some eerie shit, and like she pulls it off to great effect. Yeah. Um, I think Tim Heidecker is in another movie, and I wish he had stayed in another movie. Uh, I think he is like, I just don't believe him as anything but a silly guy. And I feel like even though this movie had comic elements, I feel like he was just too much. There's a scene that takes place involving him and his wife, like an extended one in the mid part of this movie. And I thought that tonally was just all goofy and not scary at all. It was still fun in a popcorn sense, but like if there was tension trying to be built, I feel like it didn't nail that. Um, But in the end, I I think it had enough fun set pieces, uh, enough creepy moments and like gave the actors enough to do to be a, a pretty fun time just not like a quote amazing time or anything i think it was more just a standard popcorn flick that had some scary elements to it yeah um so earlier in the episode uh, like literally five minutes ago um you asked me if i still get scared at movies and i think that like what i left out in my description which i think i've referenced on the podcast before is one of the things that scares me the most is just not understanding what a person is doing and why. No, <laughs> yeah, plot holes scare me. No, no, no. But like uh, encountering a person for which I cannot predict what their next move is going, like what their behavior is or know why they're doing something, right? Mm-hmm. And I found the doppelganger family incredibly scary in this film. Not like scary, like scary conceptually. Like I cannot watch this film and not think about being in a situation where there's a version of me... <laughs> who I, first of all, hate to wonder how he behaves. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh is definitely a component. <laughs> Probably. Um, but I, there, there's something about just, there's something unsettling about just the existence of the doppelgangers and mm-hmm. what they're doing, why they're doing it, and kind of not knowing where they're coming from and not knowing what their end goal is, whether they're literally just a manifestation of something that wants to kill you or whether they have, like, an actual goal or a theme to what they're doing. Like, when we first encounter them... um, So, in in a standard horror film in which a house is being invaded, there will generally be the people coming to the house, the family is hiding in the house, and slowly people break into the house, and then slowly they move their way through the house... And people are trying to, like, prevent them from getting in and yeah. lock Straw one dogs. room at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, those those are what I'm used to. This film is, like, they're here, they're inside the house, <laughs> and it, like, completely foregoes any of that normal situation. And it's – I am so confused watching this film, not, like, because I think it's doing bad things, but, like – in like I just can't like I'm wondering what I would do in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I would do. And I think that just the setup and how off off putting the experiences for these characters um, is sort of a thing that um, sufficiently creeped me out. Just trying to think about that situation, like why are they here? What are they doing? And what is their goal? Because like once they've arrived at the point where they could just kill them, the fact that they're not right away yeah, they're like is even with their scarier because I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. And as they start to just split the family up, it just becomes creepier and creepier and creepier. And I think that there's something really, really interesting that's happening. And I think that, um, like, obviously, as you said, 
this doesn't have the the social commentary that Get Out does. It doesn't have like a grand statement that it's making. It's kind of just playing in this genre territory. And it doesn't proficient enough, but it doesn't give you that heightened, elevated thing mm-hmm. that makes you go like, fuck yeah, Us is incredible. Um, but what I watched, I was completely on board for. And all on the ride, I was sufficiently creeped out and like mm-hmm. wondering what's going to happen. And like seeing individual characters think about their doppelganger and how to respond to them, or even you trying to understand like, some of the doppelgangers aren't necessarily inherently freaky, but yeah. like there is still something unsettling about them, mm-hmm. right? Like the the father doppelganger, yeah, is just there's something about him being just the raw strength, but no, none of like the like like no brain there, right? Like yeah. there's something really interesting about what's happening there, and it just it becomes quite unsettling. Um, and I just found myself like constantly being like. Uh, okay, I don't think this is going anywhere, but like, where's it going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, just, I just enjoyed that aspect of this film. Yeah. No, no, I, I can see that. I think for me, I would have, that would have lasted longer if they hadn't done a thing where they try to take the premise of this movie and extrapolate it a bit. And I think that act of extrapolating, it removes some of the eeriness of, what would I do if I were in that situation? I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It. It like. It isn't because the movie tries to over-explain things. I mean, we'll talk about that in in spoilers. That is definitely a, an aspect of this movie. But it, it's more just the. If it had been a, we are in the house, and our counter selves are doing creepy things and clearly want to hurt us, and then it just became a kind of like fight through the house or something. I feel like I would be a little bit more totally into the giddiness of this movie. Yeah. And because the scope expands, then it, it it didn't lose me, but it the pressure cooker element goes away. Like I, I felt like I could breathe pretty easily the moment they start to move to different locations. Then I was like, oh okay, we're just in like a thriller movie now. But see I I, I personally I think that like as they can move to other places and as they start the extrapolation it becomes even more frightening. Mm. And then they don't do anything with the ramifications of that. And then it... So so you yeah. and I had the same reaction. I just had a little bit more of a tease right. going forward because I was like... I, I was doing all the work myself going like, oh, God, yeah. what if this was happening? What, once again, what would I do? <laughs> like, I feel the mortal danger um, of those characters. Um, and... It doesn't continue what it's introducing you to. It just goes back to the story it wanted to tell. Right. And it just uses that as a silly exposition dump. Not not silly, but like it uses that as like a, hey, we're just doing this thing as an idea. Isn't that cool? And then it kind of goes back to, let's, no, let's check back in the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that sort of takes away from the overall weight of what this film would or could have been. Yeah. And, and I, I do think... Even though tension-wise, the full film became to me a little bit more of a joyride than it did a actual scarefest. Um, anyway, I, I think there were some really, really good scenes in the horror sense. Like, I, I think the opening sequence of this movie is fantastic. I, I yeah. think like that is what the trailer promised. That is the level of tension and the level of dread that. I don't wish it had carried that the whole movie because I'm a scaredy pants, but like I, I think it would have been a little bit more accomplished if it had managed to pull that off. Um, there's a scene involving, let's say, dancing 
toward the end that I really like. Um, <laughs> it was dancing. Yeah. You don't have to say let's say dancing as if it wasn't. Right. Uh, there, there, I'm just trying to be vague, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene that I would call like the puppet or marionette sequence that we can talk about uh, that I think was really cool. Uh, there's lots of individual moments that I think are really, really great. It's just when... When the dust settles and I'm left like looking at the whole journey that the characters went on, it it, it doesn't leave me much to like ponder or feel terrified of after the credits roll, right? It, it kind of feels like a this was a fun entry in the genre and it's not trying to be anything more, which is fine. I, I didn't need a grand social theme or anything. It just didn't it didn't linger in my head in a way that I feel like other movies in this genre have. Yeah, no, that, that's true. I mean, I. I... I enjoyed it enough to, like, think that the idea of a red jumpsuit for a Halloween costume would be cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why I asked you that question in the beginning. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's 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 not going to live with me in that sense. But it is still like like if like when you watch those key and peel the the key and peel sketches, like the first time I watched that show, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna watch this funny show, and I was like, shit. <laughs> like these are legitimately good entries in these genres. Right. And this film is a legitimately good entry in the genre, but it feels like it's an exercise in showing that he knows the genre and not trying to tell an individually specifically really good story. Mm. And there's not a problem with that. Yeah. Um, this does everything it sets out to do perfectly fine. <laughs> um, and I didn't even necessarily need anything more than that. It's just a thing that doesn't... It's not going to stick with me. There's not like a novel thing there. It's just a thing that I had a good time with. Right. Yeah. I I, I think I agree. And it makes it kind of hard to, especially in non-spoilers, discuss in depth. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just a feeling, right? Most of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's, uh, what do you say we forego that feeling for now? We give everybody our verdicts and then we transition into a little spoiler segment. Yep. Cool. Well, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, to me, this is a pretty easy recommend with a caveat. I think, like, Peel accomplishes what he wanted to do. He makes a fun, genre-fied horror movie that is, like, not too scary. It's more of, like, a thrill ride that is enjoyable and scene by scene i think he definitely like builds a lot of cool set pieces and he has some ideas that are fun to play with but overall i do not think this has a a grand not not even like a vision in the sense of like oh this is trying to say something about humanity i i just don't think it has like a a real stamp of like this is the thing that only this movie could do like it it feels more like just a a fun exercise in genre yeah um I I think it's worth saying. <laughs> I think it is fun. I think it will it is creepy. I think it's a it's a good time. And I think it's worth saying. I don't think it has lasting appeal. Um <laughs> There's a good joke in that. <laughs> lasting a key though. Yeah. Um the key is that it has lasting appeal. So I I'm like I'm like floating in there between like the must see, but it's okay to not remember it at the end of the year. Um, but I, I guess technically I just have to give it a recommend with a caveat. But it's I, I really liked it and I thought it was a fun ride and it's doing interesting things. Um, we will talk about things and spoilers that might tamp down a little bit of that. Yeah, I, I thought those would weigh on you more than they did apparently. I think overall the so that's that's the problem is because it's not trying to be a profound horror film. 
I don't care that it's doing things just for genre sake. Um, like, I mean, I, I've, I've been contemplating writing a thing about the very, very end of this film, um, mm-hmm. just because it's clearly just there because it is a trope to do that sort of thing at the end of your film. And it literally adds nothing to the story. I, I We'll get into it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I, I do want to say real quick, one other non-spoilery thing is I think the setting of being like the Santa Cruz boardwalk area is like an inspired choice of a place for a horror movie because that is like a, a fun but kind of creepy place. And <laughs> it, I, I, I can see that. Like I would probably be a little bit scared going back to Santa Cruz right now. Cool. Yep. <laughs> so those are our verdicts. We'll close up the show now, and uh, music will fade up, and when the music fades out, we'll be in spoilers. But for now, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to us, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, as I said just moments ago, music's going to fade up. When that music fades out, we will be in full-blown spoilers, so you should go see this film before listening to the next part. Or if you know you're not going to see it, just go on and listen ahead. <laughs> All right, so we are back. This is uh, Spoiler Territory. It's the after part of a review of Us. We're going to be talking full-blown spoilers, so if you don't want a scissor snip to the somewhere, then <laughs> then uh, you are you better watch out. Go watch this movie before listening. Vote for Yang or whatever. What? The guy who's running on an anti-circumcision platform. Oh, gotcha. Nice. <laughs> Oh, man. Your jokes are a moil. <laughs> All right. So this is spoiler territory. So we can talk about there is sort of like a nested series of reveals in this film. I don't I don't necessarily even want to call them twists, but there mm-hmm. is kind of a twist depending on how you want to look at it. Sure. So the first minor twist in this story is that it is not just this family who has doppelgangers. Yeah. And it's not just their friends. It's... All of America? At least all of Santa Cruz, but probably America, given no, this, I mean, it's, this stretch of... Their, their plans was Hands Across America, yeah, so yeah. it's at least the entire America. Yeah, but they seem based in the fun house in Santa Cruz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, like the ending shot of the film sure, shows yeah. like a snaking trail of people holding their hands. So it's definitely at least across America, maybe the world. Um, but yeah, so the... so for, Okay, backing up. The whole thing is that somebody who is human... Created a thing where they were generating doppelgangers in attempts to control the world above. Mm-hmm. We'll stop there for now. Yep. <laughs> so that's the basic premise. So the, the film opens with a title card, a um, little bit of descriptive text that says, 
there are just miles all these all these tunnels like abandoned subways tunnels for other shit and you kind of like at least in my head i was starting to think like changelings like i know i'm going into a film i, I was thinking like it right like making the sewers be scary yeah yeah yeah. so like you're, you're into a thing you're like wondering about what what this is going to be about but you know it's like okay so there's something underground that's coming up through these tunnels takes the form of this family wants to either replace them or just fuck them up for some reason we don't know exactly so the first sort of twist moment that we have is realizing that this is happening on a really, really large scale, that there is a huge thing where all these people from underground are coming up and trying to murder their doppelgangers in the real world, um, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. But the main question I want to ask you is because you said that as it started to expand wider, it kind of lessened to you. And I think for me, in that moment where I realized that it wasn't just the family, like first you see it's the friends and I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe there's an association with the friends because they're close. Maybe it's the same people and they're just doppeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that, can you use that as a verb? Um, sure. <laughs> they're doppelganging the friends um, mm-hmm. and then they're also killing them. Um, but then when you realize that it's like all of America or at least some huge part of the town, I that's when I was like, oh, okay, now this is fucked up <laughs> because at this point in time, you don't you haven't learned yet that these doppelgangers are specifically interested in killing um the the people who are the others of them. Um you just think there's just like fucking murdering psychopaths yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Like imagine just walking outside of this building right now and just tons of people in red jumpsuits with scissors just wanting to wreck shit sure. like that's scary <laughs> yeah it, it's scary it's just i should genre wise it leaps into another category for me because the moment i learn and and i'll say i didn't even need to learn it was everywhere the moment i learned that uh, elizabeth moss and tim heidecker had a doppelganger and their kids had a doppelganger i was like oh okay now this is a zombie movie right now this yeah. is a like the world is undergoing something and our heroes have to survive which is fine like like that's a fine genre it just isn't the contained horror of a supernatural thing is happening and no matter how far i run it will keep catching up to me you know it it became different so let's back up for a second um how soon i mean they give it away pretty soon but how soon did you realize that the little girl at the beginning of the film was lupita's character uh right away for me because i already knew there was a lupita doppelganger and the like, because the movie, the trailer... So you just associated, you know that, like... When, when I saw her in a period that I knew wasn't the period that the movie took place, I was like, okay, that's got to be Lupita. But even the, the quote, present day of the film is still a period piece, right? Like, this film takes place in, like... It's not supposed to be today. I... I, I don't know the exact date, but, I mean, th- they have the equivalent of Alexa and stuff. It's, like, pretty close to today. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I, th- I think it's pretty present. Like, the cell phone, the girl's cell phone doesn't work, and, like, she's annoyed because she's on, it's an iPhone, even. Yeah, yeah, no, no, true, that's true. It's pretty present. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, erase everything I said. I'm thinking back to, like, all the flashbacky scenes. Yeah. Because we, we, we returned to there later, and that was the thing that was sticking in my head as when that was. Yeah. Um, So, the, the moment, the little, like, I thought either the little girl is Lupita, or this is just, like, an opening to the film that is, uh, you know, it's just, like, a little bookend or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured my hunch was Lupita right away. And then the moment you see them pulling up to the house and she like 
I, I, they start to drop hints that they're going to Santa Cruz. That, that it was clear. And she's like, I don't want to go to Santa yeah, Cruz. It, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to be her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so th- so that's the thing is in in if they didn't have those flashbacks to the early on time, then you wouldn't. I th- I feel like you wouldn't care as much when this expands out to include more people. But by making it a thing that is specifically attached to Lapita's character from when she was a child, as soon as the other people start being doppelganged, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're kind of like, well, how are they doppelganged? Like, I get right. this family because they're all attached through Lapita's character. But why are the friends who are clearly not that good of friends? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Like they're the family is friends in association because I assume the father of the family worked with the guy who's the friend. It seems like they, they have some sort of relationship that that seems to be tangentially related to each other. Yeah, like they're clearly not good buddies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so for me, be, because they clearly weren't close, that I I knew right away that that must mean everyone in the world has a doppelganger, or at least everyone in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know. It just lessened it. It also doesn't help that the the scenes in Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss's house they they just had a different tenor, right? Like there were there was no time for suspense to be built up. Like there were no jump scenes or anything in that, as far as I could tell. Like I, I still like the the marionette slash ballet aspect of the twins, like the the daughters that are doing creepy somersaults and cartwheels and everything. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just there was something about it where that turned it into comedy, like pretty quickly, and it was hard for me to snap out of comedy and back into the oh, I'm supposed to be scared of this movie. I mean, there, there is like I, I feel like we talked about this film doesn't veer into any sort of territory related to like social commentary and everything. But I feel like those scenes at the house are the only time where it sort of begins to sort of kind of tickle a little bit of social commentary like they kind of make jokes referencing the fact that like the friend group because of their house and like all the shit they have they're more prepared to deal with -hmm. all this stuff like everything they can use in this event is all in the buddy's house and it's all like he has his boat but it has problems and it's hard to escape the bad guys but the other guy has like the nicer boat that makes it easy the house is more fortified they were like they were were, it's almost seemed like for a second they were going to go into commentary there which almost feels like that's the only reason we take that like moment to sit in those people's house because you're like these fucking people are the worst (laughs) and you get like a moment to revel in like you want them to die but you want the family to survive but the family is going to comment on how they don't have to run away they could just stay in this house and be protected so one benefit of that sequence to me is i like there's a moment when elizabeth moss's doppelganger twin is um sitting at the makeup stand applying makeup and she's being creepy obviously and like she's teetering between doing that and then threatening Lupita and then going back to it. But you you can see that there's a, she's getting joy out of like putting on makeup and looking a certain way. And that that was the first clue to me that, oh, there might be a motive these people have beyond just loving to kill people. So let me ask you a question. I mean, it's, it's related to that scene, but it's kind of not about what we're talking about right now. But did you not expect Lupita to do some weird like rolling backflip kick? To take out Elizabeth Moths. Because, like, we know that she was a dancer. Like, we sideline everything to specifically ask, like, oh, 
uh, oh, do you dance anymore? You were really good, right? Mm. And she's chained with her hands behind her head. And in any, like, if this was Tom Cruise, yeah. <laughs> he would do, like, a rolling backflip and then, like, kick the person off. And I, I, I was like, wait, because she starts to, like, lean backwards. And I'm like, you do, like, a twirl yeah. dance thing. I don't know. Do your ballet move. <laughs> yeah, I, I can hear that. So, okay. So, should we get to the the real, the twist, twist by the end is learning the origin of these people, right? I, I guess Red, which is the Lupita alter ego, she says this a little bit in her story by the fire at the beginning, but I found it hard enough to follow that I, I wasn't really getting much from it. Like, when I think back to it now, she was describing a shadow, and halfway through it flips who she's describing as herself, I think, and, and that was kind of a clue as to the fact that the girls were going to flip. Because she says once there was this shadow, and when the girl ate this, the shadow only had to eat, could only eat rabbit. And then she went up here, and the girl had to live in what, like, there's something I think if you were to watch it a second time, the way she describes the girl changes halfway through. Where it is kind of cluing you into the Lupita switch, I think I think that's there. I, I think you will. I, I thought the girl was when she was talking about the the second born or the first born. Well, she talks about herself first, I think. Yeah, because but she goes. I think it's a little bit confusing because she goes through all the family members, right. um, and you're just listening to her creepily recount like some fucked up shit. Yeah. Oh, can I say I don't care about Abraham? I didn't think he was scary at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why he's scary. Like, mm-hmm. imagine, like, this big, like, of mice and men guy yeah. who just wants to, like, <laughs> hug you and squeeze you. <laughs> I, I, like, I mean, especially considering, like, the father character gets his knee fucked up, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, come on. If Abraham, if, if you walked out of the office tonight after we finished recording and Abraham was standing there and he's like, oh, and you just started walking oh, yeah, towards sure. you, you would, first of all, you'd probably die. <laughs> Yeah. Second of all, you'd be incredibly scared. Sure, IRL, I'd be scary if Greta followed me too, but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make it terrifying. But we established you just punch. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Anyway, I, I I got derailed. There is the reveal that there were these secondary people underground who are. It it isn't really explained so, what they're there for. They're living the same life in this creepy imitating way. And that is the quote puppet scene that I was talking about that I think is pretty cool is this flashing back and forth between what is happening above ground at the fair at the carnival and what is happening below ground. It's the same thing, but in a more like gross hedonistic, like terrifying way. Well, it's it's reminiscent of that scene in uh, the Congress, right? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yep. Similar uh, ideas, yeah. Um, but no, so 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 th- th- this is this is what it is. Crazy shit. And then they just come. It, it would be like if you were like telling if you were teaching a child about dinosaurs, and you're like, and just one day there were no more dinosaurs, and you don't explain the extinction level event. Like that's a pretty key piece of information. But essentially, mm-hmm. somebody who is definitely human creates a thing where they somehow create. They are literally copying human beings in the real world they are duplicating them and they are letting those people live underground in a weird mimicry way but the intended goal of it is to use the mimicry the you so to reverse puppet Mm -hmm. so by their generation 
the people are following, they are the literal shadows of the people in the above world. But whoever is doing this wants to control the people below in an attempt to affect and control the people above. But it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And instead, they have created an entire human population of dead soulless like automatons, mm -hmm. <laughs> which copy the people around the uh, above, but have no sense of they have no soul. They are existing as just these fleshy bodies that copy the world above. Have enough cognitive power to understand that they're being subjugated by the people they are the the shadow of, but don't know what to do. And it isn't until some another reveal later on where the balance gets upset. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I just don't see what what is the purpose of letting them survive, like not just killing all of them down there. Because I, I feel like the movie, and I, I'm not trying to stretch it, like I don't think this is really a social movie, but it obviously with the the hands across America and the people rising up, there's some feeling of like the the other half and the way they live and what happens when like they get tired and like fight back you know like, like i think that's definitely a thing that the movie is playing with yeah and i i don't get why they exist but it, it like it, it isn't like the world above is benefiting from them or yeah. is running on them it's, or anything like that it's basically like if you watch the snow piercer but the people in the first car were the people in the yeah car, and they were inextricably, inextricably connected somehow <laughs> Yeah, which would be really interesting if you were in the middle car. But it, like, like I do think the the visual is eerie, so that like that's fine. Like I, yeah. I think the the underworld is cool to see. Like I think the shots and stuff are interesting, but I I, I just don't get what it's trying to do. And so when there is finally the reveal, which I felt like was telegraphed well enough that it wasn't that much of a reveal anymore that Lupita switched. The main thing, this is why trailers kind of annoy me. The trailer showed the moment of, of the, the little choking. girl grabbing herself. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that that wasn't shown yet made me realize like, oh, okay, so that that must have happened. Like that needs to be related to a reveal somehow. Yeah. But so, I mean, so for me watching it, I was remembering that scene as well. But we flash back to that moment a few times. And over the course of this film, Lupita's character begins to slowly remember more and more about that event. So I I was sort of just taking it as like that event happened. We know it happened. And it's just we're going to see it escalate more and more and more until she remembers like the full ramifications of it. But I wasn't necessarily ready for the switch until we saw it again at the end. Like once you got in the car and it started flashing it back again, I was like, all right, they're doing a silly trope thing that literally adds nothing to the story at all. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like none of those twists really did anything for me and which is fine. Like it, it didn't bother me at all that the movie went into it. It just, the one thing that did bother me is there's a moment early in the movie where when they're all at the house, someone says, who are you? And I think it's Lupita, like the alter ego Lupita says like, we're Americans. And that makes it seem like you're trying to say something. Like phrasing it like that makes me think there's going to be a payoff where there's like an allegory or yeah. something to it. And the fact that it isn't, it, it just felt like a weird, like throw me off the scent moment. Well, so so let's let, let's let's dissect here the ending of this film and that reveal that Lupita was switched when she was a child, that the doppelganger went on a path 
while mimicking the other person. They met. She realized what was happening, switched places, carried her back. That means that Doppel Lupita, who is actual Lupita, <laughs> lived down there, knew something was up, decided to dance for people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. People saw the dancing, realized she was more aware than they were, and decided to follow her. And she had to, in between becoming the queen of the underworld, and when she rose up, had to go insane, mm-hmm. forget that just she could escape and swap back. Yeah. And then had to cause an entire uprising of all of the creatures from underground mm-hmm. to go out. And what is their plan? Because in theory, so at, when we are first introduced to the character, uh, Lupita tells the story. And you're like, okay, there was some yin-yang sort of thing come, happening where these two people, one has to be above, one has to be below. They are linked together. They mimic each other. And Lupita's goal is just to switch, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Which we don't technically know yet that the switch has already happened. So if we can extrapolate that to everybody, all of the people want to switch, right? If the goal is just to switch, well, technically the goal is murder your... That's that's the thing. Okay, so if your goal is to switch, why would you kill the yous that are in the upper world? Mm-hmm. The real thing would to do a true tra- changeling story, which is to do what Lupita does as a child and swap with the you that's in the upper world and then just continue life normally having the better life. That should be the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. But by coming to the upper world, killing yourself from the upper world and just holding hands across America, you essentially put yourself in the same situation, except you don't have rabbits to eat. Yeah. You have to figure out what to do. You don't understand how the world works. You can't make society function. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is like a huge problem with this plan. Yeah. <laughs> because you're all going to die. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just seems like they didn't think it through that much. I mean, she had like 25 years. I don't know how old she I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think. I, I don't even know if the movie... So does the movie want us to believe in must that the whole time she has known that this was her past? Like, it has to, but nothing about her character implies that. Yeah, so that that's the thing that makes that ending so annoying, I think, in in truth, is not that there's a plot hole of what was, what was their plan in the end, but it's the fact that she did the swap. She has been fine... And then now is scared. Like, she doesn't seem scared of getting caught. Mm-hmm. She seems scared of reliving the th- thing she saw as a child, which was her. Yeah. So it's hard. I don't understand if, like, because they're linked, she absorbed the fear of herself. Yeah. And we're supposed to believe that she literally hasn't remembered it until that moment. Mm-hmm. And then, then, like, the child looks at her, and you're supposed to interpret that as a knowing look. But then she yeah. smiles, and then the kid's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like the ending of this is made to follow the tropes of a horror film. We were right. like, but it's all different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it just doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think it adds to the story that we get, and it just becomes a thing where you're like, okay, cool, yeah, you did the thing, right? 
Yeah, and I think there there are some things leading up to it. Like the moment with alter ego younger boy with the car on fire, there's the moment where he's imitating the other kid and is walking into the flames and Lupita is saying like, no, and, and yelling. And, and like that emotion didn't completely make sense to me. But with the reveal yeah. of like she knows that they are just people and that's one of her then, like, maybe it makes more sense. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I didn't really care because this isn't a movie that I get hung up on plot a lot. It just seemed <laughs> it seemed like Jordan Peele went out of his way to have those things in it, and I, I don't really know why. Yeah, and that, that is a legitimately cool scene. Like, when the boy remembers that earlier on the, the kid would literally mimic him, mm-hmm. and then he's like, wait, I can do this. Like, he's the one that realizes it's a trap. Yeah. He's the one that's like, wait, we can play this game again and the kid will just <laughs> burn up. Like, it's a pretty badass moment. Like, mm-hmm. I like it. I, I especially, because of the way that she, scene shot, the parking lot has an edge to it. Even up until they cut to the opposite angle after uh, Evil Lapita grabs him, mm-hmm. I thought there was an edge mm. to that parking lot and that he was going to back Fall up off, off the edge. And dark. then he doesn't. The child burns, but then when the, the way Lupita picks him up, apparently it happens off camera, but apparently he's picking her up or she's picking her, him up to run, but it looks like she's just going to shove him mm-hmm. like as like a tit for tat, sort of like you killed my thing that I'll call a son. <laughs> now I kill yours. Mm-hmm. So like there was just like a really, really, I was like, fuck, this is going to be crazy. And then I was like, oh, no, I just, I, I read too much into yeah. the way this was shot. <laughs> I, I do want to say, though, I like all of the alter ego characters in the family. I like the way they move and scurry, uh, especially the Lupita character. I think her dancer-like motions and the way she reacts to things is, like, legitimately frightening. Yeah. I, I like that. And I, I really like the showdown at the end where, I mean, she's kicking real Lupita's ass, like, the yeah. whole time. Like, the fact that she loses in the end is just happenstance, right? Like, there's no reason she shouldn't have won that yeah. fight. That's the thing is, she's the one who's the actual dancer. Yeah. Lupita, what we think is real Lupita, is actually fake Lupita, mm-hmm. Lupita who is the shadow, which right. means she probably can't even actually dance at all. That's true, yeah. So, yeah, because she stopped dancing after that incident, right? Yeah. So, it's it's actually like a... Like, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, she's the one who... That's the, So that's the other thing that kind of bothers me about the reveal of that switch is outside of that conversation about the girl, which I don't remember the exact dialogue, so I can't confirm nor deny <laughs> what you're saying, I feel like Lupita never... Fake but real... Real fake Lupita never gives up that she has any awareness of what life was above other than the fact that she knows that she had to eat rabbit anytime she was eating something that was real. Yeah. And I feel like there is no, like there are other films which may have overlapping characters (laughs) for which you get a sense of what bizarro person knows of the other person's behaviors mm-hmm. right <laughs> you know what i'm talking about I, I actually don't know which one you're alluding to i was gonna say it and then i'll bleep it oh yeah yeah right right right. <laughs> i was even gonna allude to it earlier in this episode um but yeah so 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 there are definitely other films that deal with doppelgangers which 
have upfront awareness of behaving in ways that are very specific. And I feel I, that I like wish played Tim Heidecker's role in this movie, by the way. <laughs> oh, it would have been so great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it just, oh, that would have been weird. Yeah. That would have been so good. Uh-huh. Oh. Hmm. 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 That would have made this a really strange film to talk about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It'd be kind of like a sequel. Yeah, like you couldn't not think they were in the same universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I think that there, there were no outside of this line that you say happened. <laughs> I, I'm not I, certain. I just felt like it was hard to follow in that moment. And then when yeah. the reveal happened, I thought back and I was like, oh, I wonder if there was ambiguity on purpose. Then again, to give credit that may not be due because this film deals so much with looking at coincidences they're beating you over the head with things characters are calling out as significant. But there are things like Lupita, who we think is real Lupita, sees the spider on the table and just goes back to reading her book, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't think like, fuck, I should kill that spider or I don't want to lay next to a place where a spider is crawling. She's just fine with the spider being there, right? Yeah. There, are, there are probably... It's an illusion to enemy. Strong... <laughs> there are probably strewn throughout this film... All of these things that you would think were weird that she doesn't like, she's afraid of so many things, including coincidences, but isn't as scared as of a spider. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, like, maybe there's a bunch of all these hidden symbolisms that, like, are supposed to let you know on the one side. I still don't think that, uh, Bizarro Lupita, who's real Lupita, <laughs> mm-hmm. ever lets on that she n- knows that she's trying to get back out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because, so let's pretend like I am doppelganger you. And when we were kids, you swapped places with me. I assume that you, like, this is like some uh, um, Princess Bride shit, right? I know that you know that I know that you swapped places with me, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> so really, I poisoned my goblet. <laughs> but no, like, it, it's... It's like one of those things where it's like these characters are speaking to the audience, not to each other. Right. They should both be aware that the other person knows why they're there. Yeah. So the fact that they are both behaving like they're not is it's kind of like a Shyamalan misdirect where it's like it's literally written just to be misdirecting to the audience. Yep. But the characters are specifically behaving in a way that is uh, hiding the fact that they know what's going on. Yeah. Though I guess... I don't think Lupita asks who they are or what they want. Lupita throughout that whole scene is just like, no, no, don't, no, no, no. And it's the other family members. I think she literally says, what do you want? Really? Yeah. Maybe. I thought it was the other family members that are like, who are you? What do you want? Maybe maybe it's her. Also, as soon as that family appears, she would not be calling the police to be like, guys, I'll tell you later. We got to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Right? She would would immediately know what that family wants. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think this family. The well, but more, she doesn't know that they're trying to the uprise and kill everybody, right? That wasn't well, she doesn't true know when she that part, kid. but she knows that they are in trouble. At yeah. the very least, she knows that her and her husband and two children are going to have to eat rabbits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's a best case scenario. Yeah. Worst case is they get murdered. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario is they're eating rabbits for the rest of eternity, yeah. right? <laughs> like, so I, I just feel like. 
there's a lot of uh, misdirected bullshit that's mm-hmm. happening in this film. Sure. <laughs> I take back. <laughs> this is a must avoid. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah. Us, though. <laughs> Any last comments? Nope. All it's right. fun. See it. <laughs> I, I, I never told the story in the podcast of when I got five on it was legit playing in a car that drove past me while I was walking late at night on mission, and I, like, freaked the fuck out. <laughs> so good job on this movie for making that scary. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're going to take off and go record a review of The Hummingbird Project. So we'll see you in 16 milliseconds. Only you can make this great dream a reality. Join hands across America. Your contribution of $10 or more will reserve your place in line and help fight hunger and homelessness in America. Sunday, May 25th, join the line from Los Angeles to New York.